Oscar time. Oscar time. Welcome back to. It's still the Sports Center theme. I know. You know, I was thinking earlier, like. I didn't know if I should do something uh, different, but... At least um, give it lyrics, like, Oscar time! Oscar time! <laughs> I, I'm going to take that, and then I'm going to play it over the opening now, and then it'll uh, it'll sound it'll sound better. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, just make it help by the Beatles. If we're just going to steal copyrighted right. stuff, let's just, like, shoot for the moon. This, uh, you know, this is a bonus uh, short episode of a podcast called Best Picture with Andy and Colin, which normally is a podcast about uh, the Oscars, specifically the rare films that win the Academy Award for Best Picture, the context of their Oscar win, and uh, the question of what an Oscar win actually means. And we're in a bit of a, a fun period where in between our normal episodes talking about the history of the Oscars and the history of the movies that have won Best Picture, we get to have an actual ongoing Oscar race for the next couple of weeks. Uh, we are recording this on March 15th, so just a couple hours after the Oscar nominations have been announced. Uh, my name is Colin. My name is Andy, and uh, it's very strange. It's still strange to me that we're recording a thing about the nominations in March when we would have already been done with Oscar season by this time. And you know that is just a sign of the times. And I'm really excited to see what uh, the show is going to look like in a month and a half. But let's get into the the good, the bad, and the weird. Uh, well, let's also say so. We Colin and I had a little uh, bet between ourselves to see which of us could guess uh, how many. We uh, nominations we could get correct, and uh, I don't have those numbers on me. Colin, do you, you got, uh, do you remember um, who won? You uh, so out of um, ninety two no, uh, nominations, uh, mm-hmm. or maybe it was ninety four. Let me pull up our text history to review the evidence. Uh, yeah. Okay, so yeah, out of ninety three, I was wrong both times. All right, so ninety three total nominations. I got fifty six nominations right. And oh, wow. you got uh, 63, right? Fuck yeah, I did. So, way to go. It's um, even better than getting the actual Oscars, right? <laughs> Just guessing who all is going to be nominated. And it was funny because I did, I did a bit of a tweet thread a couple hours ago because looking at where I went wrong, I feel like that kind of reflected a bit of the prediction traps that some people fell in. Like, I yeah. think like most people, I thought uh, Defy Bloods was going to have a much stronger presence. Um even though it's kind of been evident for a few months now that Netflix is much more interested in putting its money behind campaigning for Mank and Trial of the Chicago 7 than Defy Bloods. Defy Bloods did do very well at the SAG nomination, so that was what I was banking on. And the same thing happened with Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which I think is going to ultimately win Best Actor for Bozeman, but oh, didn't yeah. have no, the presence that's, to get... Uh, yeah. If I had to bet on one of them, it's definitely going to be him winning. Though I also, I kind of gambled on him getting a nod for that and for Defy Bloods, which of course he didn't. Um, but it was a bit of a surprise to me. I had thought like Spike was going to get a nomination. I thought it was going to get a script nod. Uh, I was surprised it got a, uh, which one? It got a music nod. It, it did better than I thought it would. Uh, Mank getting the most definitely surprised me. But I like you, you had told me, uh, well, you go it's because it's, it's very weird kind of what happened with the Mank category. I mean, Mank is odd. I mean, so you have... This is an unprecedented year. We should say that first and foremost. Like, both in terms of, you know, how movies came out. But, like, just when you look at the movies that are being nominated, it's it's very exciting, I think, because you're seeing a lot of indications that uh, the normal um, trends we tend to expect may not apply anymore. So, like, I was generally worried especially with how diverse this year is in its nominees, we might have a repeat of 2018 where you have this great uh, breadth of like really strong, bold, diverse cinema. And then ultimately 
it goes for the safest choice, which then was Green Book, and this year would be uh, Mank or Chicago 7. But Mank, no screenplay nomination, which might be the nail on that movie's coffin. I could very well see Mank winning no awards, despite being the most nominated movie. Trial of Chicago 7, likewise, uh, no directing nomination for Sorkin. Yeah, that I wasn't as surprised by. But I mean, it is great. You you cut out a little bit, so I didn't. I might not have heard everything. But I mean, again, like the biggest thing about the directing uh, award this year is it's not a majority of white dudes. I think for the first time in the history of the show, uh, first time we've had more than one woman. First time we've had multiple Asian Americans. Yep. First Asian American woman in general. Um, and I was also just in general surprised that another round got a nod. Um, that was kind of a wild, the wild card. Oh, I didn't even think that was gonna come close. Kind of situation. Um, but that, I'm overall really happy with happens. everyone that was nominated. Yeah, like an independent, like an uh, international film being nominated for director as well. Uh, seems to be a bit more of a trend, which is awesome. It's just, uh, it uh, definitely kind of caught me out of left field, like, especially when we had so many other directors I was hoping to see, like Regina King and Spike Lee. Right, but I think that Bong Joon-ho winning last year really uh, opened that door for like the directing block to start looking uh, outside of like the normal kind of American uh, set for... Um, who they want to honor, you know, so it's no longer a case of like, all right, if you direct a foreign film, then the international award is going to be your win. You actually have a chance to, to play in the directing category as we're seeing this year. And that's, I mean, that's the slot that I imagine would have gone to Sorkin. So I was, I was uh, talking with uh, past and hopefully future guests, Noah Harold, like last week on Twitter. And I kind of feel like with Sorkin, he might end up getting put in the same box that the Academy has put Tarantino in for the last 20 years, where he Mm -hmm. will consistently direct best picture nominees, but he'll only ever win the writing awards. Right. Cause Tarantino, he's been nominated for director, I think three times for bastards for Pulp Fiction. And then for once upon a time in Hollywood. Yes. And Uh, of course he's never won for director. He's won a screenplay three times, but yeah, he's never won picture and he's never won director. And it kind of, the fact that he's won three, it almost was starting. Wait, did he win for three? I know he won for Django and uh, Pulp Fiction. uh, Pulp Fiction. um, uh, Oh, he might've not won in bastards. He might have two. No, he didn't win for bastards. Cause I remember being very, very, very mad about that at the time. He won for Django. Okay, so he's got Django, two. yeah. Okay. He's got he's got two. But that's still like it's incredible and it's um yeah, well I mean very much not speaking of which, I was very happy to see the Academy get it right uh, when it came to Minari. We do not it wasn't even in the shortlist for international film because mm-hmm. there's no country you can place it to aside from America. Um but it's got picture, it's got director, it's got two acting uh nominations, which I think was a surprise to a lot of people. Yes. Um and across the board it's got a lot of the technical ones as well, which I was very happy to see because i think that in promising young woman strictly of a ones i aesthetically enjoyed the most those are my two favorite films of last year and i was very happy to see them uh so fully represented uh across the board we've argued about promising uh young woman but i will say i'm shocked it didn't get a production design nomination yes it's just it's such a tactile looking movie it feels so like meticulously crafted in every single set, but like in a way that doesn't really draw attention to itself. And I, yeah. yeah, I think we have an, a tendency in a lot of the technical categories, and this is kind of an across the board thing where it's just like, oh, that must have been really hard, or oh, that was very specific. That's why we constantly see like the old timey period pieces get nominated for these categories, and we don't see as much of like the films that use production design as a story element uh getting nominated as much it's a frustrating thing even for editing uh though i will say for editing i was 
the surprised and a little delighted to see uh, Nomadland uh, get a nomination. I know that's not going to be a popular uh, thing to say amongst a lot of my friends, but I, there's something to, the, to be said about knowing when and when not to cut, and it's nice to just see not a bunch of uh, war films in that category. Oh, is the editing of Nomadland like controversial among editing circles? I didn't know that. I've had it, no, not among editing circles. I just have certain friends I've seen that just really didn't like the movie because it was quote unquote boring or whatever. Um, and I get it. It's like it's not supposed to be like the Avengers, but I think there's something nice about like that slice of life uh living in another person's shoes uh tonal poem kind of film and i i really loved it for that and i didn't even consider it a possibility of it getting editing because we rarely see that type of editing getting uh recognized because right. it's not as stylistic so just as an editor it was really nice to see a film that isn't it like super flashily edited um yeah be, be put in the category i think that's fantastic and I would say that the editing nom for Nomadland is what solidifies it as the front runner. Because as of now, it's the only movie to have noms in picture, director, writing, editing, cinematography, and an acting book. Every other movie is missing at least one of those key slots that usually indicates uh, Best Picture Win is coming. So I'm, I'm very yeah. excited about that. I mean, we've talked about this before. Obviously, the Golden Glo uh, Globes are not always the de facto goalpost of what's going to win. But it, it was really interesting to see... Uh, uh, Nomadland do a lot better than I thought it would that night and I think that could translate into this year I think people uh, really responded to a movie about like isolation uh, <laughs> uh, self-imposed or otherwise uh, in the middle of this year so I, I think I I haven't picked uh, which one I think is going to win but that's definitely the one to beat in my opinion right now I'm very curious to see how the SAGs go because, I mean, I think, I feel like Nomadland's going to do very well at all of the Guild Awards. However, it doesn't have a SAG ensemble nomination, which, I don't know, you could call that a snub. You know, it, it it's not really an ensemble movie, but you definitely see frontrunners get that uh, nomination mm -hmm. r uh, regardless. So we'll have to see how that does at the SAGs, but I still feel like as of right now, it's the clear frontrunner. And so I'm very curious to see how the, the Guild Awards go well um let me ask you this real quick speaking of the sag awards who the fuck is the lead actor of judas and the black messiah i, mean, I was okay, very so happy to see lakeith get it as well but it's very weird that the two leads of the film are both in the supporting acting category so i don't know i have no inside knowledge so this is just me you know hypothesizing off of how movies have kind of acted before i think because i i watched judas and the black messiah and my initial thought was why is kaluuya in the supporting actor category. He's the titular right. character and the lead actor. Yeah, he's Fred Hampton. Movie. He should be a lead yeah. actor, uh, not. And it's, I think that they knew that Bozeman had best actor on lock, so they uh, campaigned him as supporting. Um, Interesting. To, I, you know, and you can make the argument that that's kind of a race thing of like, you know, you have a you know, you have three predominantly like African American fronted movies in this award season: uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Judas and the Black Messiah, and Five Bloods. And so, it feels like a tactical move on the studio's part that may not end up working out for them. Because I would say that Kaluuya has a really strong chance to win supporting actor, but with Lakeith getting in there, who is also the lead of the film, like if anything, yeah. they should both be going for actor. I think, but I think that is going to split the vote a little bit. That's, the, that's my, yeah, I think that they could end up splitting the vote because they're both talented, you know, young actors that are both going to win awards fairly soon. I think they might split the vote and it'll end up going to Cohen. But let's also say uh, when it comes to like the race of it all, I see it more as like this is the Heath Ledger Award for Chadwick Boseman. Like I think 
I'm not so sure he would win if he was still with us. And I, I, I know that's a little grim. I think it's a great performance. It's a very big performance, but I think it's getting a little more lauded because he is no longer with us. I, I think Heath Ledger would have won uh, for that award, even if uh, he had not tragically uh, passed away. Oh, sure. Yeah, maybe that's a bad example. But you know what I mean? Like, I, I think see, he's I getting a little bit of symp- uh, the sympathy vote the, because yeah, the, he is no longer his here. His death, like, definitely... Heath, in the case of Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger, his death, you know, six months before that movie came out, definitely played into, like, the mythology of that performance as people were going to go see uh, The Dark Knight. I think and we're not Boseman, too far off because Bozeman died in August, and right. uh, Mob Blood Rainey came out, like, a couple months later, and we're not that far. We're about a half a year out from that. So. I, I mean, before Bozeman died, he was my choice for supporting actor for Defy Bloods. Like, I'm... If he were in that category, I mean, honestly, it almost feels like Bozeman should be in supporting actor for Bloods and mm-hmm. Kaluuya should be in lead for Judas and the Black Messiah. And then you would have sure. two locks right there for me. So it's a, it's an interesting bit of kind of musical chairs in terms of like what we're calling a supporting versus what we're calling a lead. I mean, Ma uh, Rainey's is a definitely more of an acting e performance, if that makes sense, because it's, you know, it's based on a play. So it is not hammy is very much the wrong word, but it is definitely like a bigger performance. Right. Uh, I would say and the Academy, uh, even though I just all said all that stuff about editing, they are not always known for picking things that are subtle. Um, but um, oh, another thing, I was surprised you didn't believe in Eurovision when we were going through. For months, just, Colin was telling me that, like, oh, Eurovision's got to win Best Song. It's got to it be nominated the, for Best Song. I don't, it was, like, barely on any of the shortlists. Like, it just we haven't it, – it just hasn't been in the conversation. And, like, you know, we, we were talking last night because I, you know, somewhat as a joke put Doolittle um, on my VFX. Somewhat as a joke. It, that wasn't on any of the lists. I know. But, <laughs> it, I, but I just thought, like, okay, it was one of the only – like, It and Birds of Prey and uh, Bloodshot were, like, some of the only, you know – big visual effects movies to play in theaters in the before times. Yeah. And I wondered if like that would push it over the edge just because of the theatrical experience would have some kind of barrier. And obviously I was wrong, but I mean, I never looked it up. I don't know if Sonic was on the support, uh, the short list. Cause I would have assumed because of all the stink of that, that they would have like campaign of like, we went from this to this and this amount of time. Uh, but I've never even heard of uh, Love and Monsters or uh, the one and only Ivan. Uh, uh, Love and I wasn't Monsters even familiar with either of those. is a Dylan O'Brien uh, movie that I've heard is actually good. It's on VOD right now. Um, I think, oh, cool. I think, I think the other one's Duffield like a Disney a kind of thing. Screenwriter I adore wrote. Sure. It. So it, it's probably worth checking out. Like he wrote. Did you watch Underwater? Uh, I saw. Is that the film with uh, what's her face? Kristen Stewart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of, I've met the dude who directed it in passing, like, a couple of years in a row, because uh, he directed the Angels and Airwaves movies, and then he directed, like, a couple other things. Oh, no He's a really way. talented, the like... the Angels and Airwaves guy? Oh, my gosh. He's a low-budget, like, he built, like, a whole spaceship in his... I, he was oh, one I, of my first interviews Andy, for Movie I Maker. The, I went to the one Fathom event showing of that movie, my senior year <laughs> in high school, and a, a close friend of mine through high school didn't speak to me for a year after we saw it, because we came out, and, like, I was just so underwhelmed by the angels and airwaves movie i was too i mean to be fair like i interviewed him and tom and you know i was a massive blink 182 fan back in the day so it was huge but i saw it at fantastic fest and i was like okay they're like a low budget 2001 it's it's got some ambition but i, I was a big fan of the director so i was excited to see more of what he did yeah um, well, but you're out. saying that writer uh directed love and monsters uh no i think he wrote it i don't think he directed I think he oh, directed that Copy movie. Spawn. You know, I'm gonna pull up his IMDb because he's he's been killing it. Anyway, he wrote Underwater, a movie that's not nominated for any Oscars, but I watched recently and thought was a fun little horror romp about one of my greatest fears, which is being at the bottom of the open ocean. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of other because uh, I know we have the first Muslim performer nominated for Best Actor. We have a majority of people of color in 
our supporting actor category. I don't know if I've ever seen this before. We had an international and documentary both share a nominee with Collective, and I'm not sure I've ever seen that before. before. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it's just, it's a lot of unprecedented stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And the whole sound, can we talk about the sound category? Like, that yeah. cut me very off guard. I mean, that's the, like, not to rag on Mank, but its nominations make it out to be a much more technical film than I felt it was, you know? Yeah, I mean, do you think it's something to do with, like, the, oh, we made it look and sound like a movie from the 40s, like... I, I, but it doesn't look or sound like a movie for the forties. It sounds like Roma. It's a black and white movie shot. Like uh, it with using the most modern and exacting like methods of filmmaking of the 21st century. That's very true. Well, that's why I'm curious if sound, like what, what are we talking about with sound? Are we talking about sound editing? Are we talking about sound mixing? Or is it just kind of a general, like what we had in the thirties is just like sound. Right. And, and you, you know, the name best sound is like, Okay, like I get, I haven't seen Greyhound, but I understand why that is on there. But it almost kind of feels like it lends itself to, uh, well, no, I, I guess you can't really say that it lends itself to the loudest movie because Tenet's not in there. Which is well, that's what I was saying. I was like, it seemed like nod. those should have been switcherooed. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the two Tom Hanks movies that seemed like, well, and it's kind of funny because in sound we have News of the World and Greyhound two movies that I think were very much vying to be another like Tom Hanks nomination. And we really don't see them represented that much else. I know news of the world has like production design and maybe one or two others, but aside from that, they were pretty much forgotten from uh, the awards race. Greyhound is a submarine movie. So you have a lot of potential for creative and like inventive mixing news of the world is a Western kind of the same thing. You know, there's just a lot of uh, potential for innovation and like soul and sound and music very, or, Sound of Music. Soul and Sound of Metal very much speak for themselves. Soul, yeah, Uh, they're both musical. They're movies about music, and in the case of Soul, there's, you know, the fantastical element. So I get that. So it's really just Mank that, like, I'm, you know, that's just an interesting nomination compared to some of the other movies that came out. Well, Sound of Metal, have you seen Sound of Metal yet? I am watching it. I I, got to confess some stuff. I, this week, I have to watch Sound of Metal, Minari, and the father i've oh, yeah. had them all like rented and like ready to watch for weeks now and just as we've entered month 12 of the pandemic i've constantly found myself uh <laughs> shifting to watching lighter fare just same because it's it's hard to you know and like because you know normally i'm so i try to see every awards movie as soon as humanly possible and this year it's like I could watch this or I could watch some more original episodes of uh, Star Trek, which is much lighter and uh, yeah. better. Well, I think you're in for a treat for Sound of Metal because the way they handle deafness is like something that you've kind of seen before, but it's also very, a very new approach to both the subject and how they attra- uh, tackle it with sound. Um, I would be very surprised if Sound of Metal doesn't win because, again, this is like a category where you often see the film that's like about it win, i.e. like... Um, I don't know, like Phantom Thread easily winning costume design, like stuff like that, where it's like, oh, it's very... This is about this aspect of the film it's kind of a shoo-in so i would be very surprised if sound of metal doesn't take sound sound of metal also feels like like if riz ahmed gets the if he if he upsets bozeman for the acting sag then i think sound of metal could be a real contender for picture it just seems oh, like sure. you know it doesn't have the leg up that nomad land does but it's hitting almost all of the same spots uh mm-hmm. and it has that technical element that definitely gives it um kind of that upswing so i'm very curious to see how that plays out over over the next couple of weeks i'm trying to think if steven yoon is the first asian american man to be nominated for an actor in a leading role i'm not totally sure ditto i was as very i was happy but i was very surprised to see um 
Oh, the actress's wife uh, name escapes me. The his wife in the film, uh, Yo Jun Young, uh, uh, to be uh, nominated. Uh, it was a surprise, but a very happy one. And to see Borat get stuff, I I saw a lot of people surprised about Borat, and it's like Borat was nominated for best script. Yeah, the original uh, was. Yeah, I, I mean, in fact, oh wait, no, I mean this time it was for script and for uh, Maria Baklava, very well deserved. But I was saying, yeah, the first one, like people were surprised today that it got so many nominations. And I was like, no, the first one was nominated for best script. And people thought it was crazy because it was a comedy mockumentary uh, getting a nod. And I think, well, I, I saw somebody say this is the first time a sequel and the original film have been nominated for Best Script since the Godfather films. Oh, yeah. I hadn't even thought about that. Which is very interesting slash hilarious to me. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a legacy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, to, to your earlier question, uh, Stephen Yeun is the first Asian American actor to be nominated for... Uh, best actor Yul Brenner, okay. um, who is a, uh, of Mongolian descent, uh, won for the King of uh, King and I in 1956, and then Ben Kingsley, who is half Indian, so half South Asian, won right, for right, right. Gandhi. So the first Asian American is Stephen Young for for best actor. So that's awesome. Yeah, so a lot of a lot of firsts this year. Which again, like I mean, anytime there is like progress with the Academy, the big thing, rightfully so, is just like, well, it took you fucking long enough. Like we're at the 93rd awards, and it's still. We're having some firsts that really like we're having more than one woman nominated and it's a big deal like that. This should have been a milestone we passed eons ago, um, but it's still very exciting. I mean, that's interesting you say normal year because, again, like we are. I saw Fauci said uh, today that this shouldn't be a podcast you go for for all your news and vaccine updates. But I saw Fauci say today that by 4th of July, things should be more or less back to normal. So ideally that might mean we have like a normal movie season coming back up and you know who knows like what we're going to see from like delayed releases whatever hbo max is going to do um but the point being i'm very curious to see if we're still going to see a lot of love for streaming service films carry on into the future of the oscars or if this was a very exception to the rule kind of year because there weren't a lot of other ways to see these films released did you have any um what should we call them i guess like big swings that either did or didn't pay off like a big one for me that didn't was i thought Palm Springs would get a writing Oscar nomination. Um, and then a lot of ones that did, or again, a lot of the acting ones and directing ones that we've already talked about. Uh, but did you have any like big, like shoot for the moon things that worked or didn't work for you in picking? It definitely felt like there was a chance that birds of prey could sneak in a costume and or a makeup uh, nomination, I especially since suicide squad won for makeup back in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, for me, the biggest upset, uh, you know, we talked about Promising Young Woman, Tenet not getting score seems kind of notable just because it's, you know, it's Nolan. I think it's the first uh, uh, movie of his to not get a score nomination since The Dark Knight Rises. And it's Gorenson who won three years ago for Black Panther. And, you know, there's definitely some bias on my end just because I listen to that score a lot while I'm working. But... I don't mm-hmm. know. That was kind of interesting to me. And the same thing for uh, Daniel Pemberton's score for Trial of Chicago 7, which just seems like one of those nominations that would be... Uh, uh... Yeah, I mean, I also thought uh, that uh, the Midnight Sky, just because the Academy seems to just love Alexander Despald, anything he does. Um, but again, of those two, I thought, like, I was really happy to see Minari and the, the Five Bloods get uh, score nods, which actually, that is one of my, my embarrassing ones, I'll say. I need to watch The Father, and then I need to watch The Five Bloods, even though it's not in the... Um, the best picture race i still uh, that one's represented enough that i need to finally finally catch up and watch it. it's great yeah it, it's probably i mean it's, i mean I'll, I'll need to watch the movies i haven't seen yet but right now it's for sure my number one of the year a friend of mine told me it's his best film since do the right thing and that's one of my favorite movies of all wow. time so if it's of that level then it's uh 
I, I'm very excited to see it. Uh, it's just one of those, like, it came out in the summer, and it just kind of got jumbled in with the rest of the race, and then it got harder and harder to watch a two-and-a-half-hour Vietnam movie. Yeah. Um, it, it was, I will catch it before the Oscars. It was, to me, like, one of the first big, like, movies of quarantine, you know, where, like, it was always going to go on mm-hmm. Netflix, and I just remember in June, like, it kind of being a fun sense of, like, oh, we're all getting together, and we're going to kind of, like, watch this movie at the same time as a culture. It's been nice to have that bit of like the I mean, it makes more sense for movies to be able to have like take over that chunk of that fortnight of the conversation or whatever it is, as opposed to when we see it with streaming shows so much. Mm -hmm. Um, We got a nice break from that with WandaVision, which is another uh, thing in and of itself. Um, I'm trying to think. I definitely want to ask, like, who you think is the like, were there any other I'm trying to think if there were any other snubs. I think we've covered a lot of like the greatest hits of like what we're happy we saw nominated, what we were surprised wasn't. Um, some interesting upsets here and there. Uh, I mean, what one, two, so there's only eight nominations for best picture, which we were both talking about that being likely because normally, you know, it can get up to nine, but I think that the kind of the way just that how scattered, uh, releasing has been over the last year. I think you have fewer movies that can really get all the way up to the point where they can get that, uh, best picture nomination. But yeah, um, I know you still have to see a couple of them. Is there a way you're leaning where you think either you think this deserves it or you think this is where the Academy is going to go? This is what's going to take it this year. For sure. No, they're all great. Again, I still need to see The Father, but every all of them I've seen are excellent, excellent films. I mean, this just feels like it's Nomadlands to lose. I mean, I think it's an incredible movie, um, and I think it's just the movie that, you know, it feels very of the moment um, in a oh, way that maybe, but... don't as much. And that's not to say, like... I, of of the best picture nominees I've seen, I think maybe, but that's going to look really weird if it's uh, the one year where we finally have more women and people really of color than not. It goes to the white dude. Not to say you know, that's what how we should pick I our know, Oscars, but I think yeah. uh, again, like I don't think uh, Mank was anywhere near Fincher's best work. If uh, more I, they, I would much rather um, see. But to I me, I'll be very happy movie. if Nomadland, Minari, or Promising Young Woman picks up director and picture. If no either of those three win, picture, either of those, uh, I'll be very, very happy because those were just because probably my three favorites of the year. But again, I love Sound of Metal. I love Judas and the Black uh, Messiah. Um, I still need to see The Father. The other ones I thought were... Oh, I love Sound of Metal. The other ones I thought were fine. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's Again, there's not really any green books this year. There's nothing that I'm actively rooting against, as it were. Like I think it, like I'll be very satisfied if anything... Uh, if any of the above uh, win. And I think that's probably also a part of just like how weird this year has been, where like we haven't had those, you know, collective moments where like the movie comes out and we all go see it. And then the discourse like, you know, shifts over the next several months as we decide this movie sucks and that movie's good, you know? Yeah. I mean, we didn't see like the Sia movie get any nominations or there's definitely like some that I think it would have caused a bit more of a stink if like it had been nominated for best picture or anything. And then, uh, but again, this isn't the Golden Globes. There's much less uh, things that can go into it. And uh, yeah, again, I, overall, I'm really happy with everything that was nominated. I, I don't have a lot of complaints uh, from whatever got uh, yeah. left off. It feels like we're just gearing up for maybe a nicer t- 
tone of award season just because it's like we all just kind of want to share our love of movies and maybe not get into the arguments about like that movie sucks or that person sucks and shouldn't get an Oscar or something. Yeah, I think I'm excited for just like the camaraderie around like the escapism of it. Like even when like sports started back up slowly but surely and my roommate at the time was like starting to like get back into it and stuff. I I found myself watching a lot of games just because it was nice to like connect with an audience again. It was nice to like all be like doing something together and at once right. uh, that didn't involve politics or uh, the chaos of our time. So I'm I'm really excited for the pageantry and everything of the Oscars. Uh, if you've gotten this far into the episode, I'll say I run a um uh a Oscar pool every year, and I will be doing it this year. If you go to andyyoungfilm.com/slash Oscars 2021. Um, you're more than welcome to join. Five dollars to play, and we'll I'll be doing a live uh stream type thing, which I'm sure Colin might come to, and we can maybe make that like a best picture oh, yeah. podcasty kind of thing would be interesting. I haven't you know like I haven't even wrapped my brain around the fact that like if I want to watch the Oscars this year, we'll have to do it remotely with people. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, I think I'll have to like I I have my roommates with me and stuff, but it's really there's only like one of us that's a really a big other cinephile and usually uh clocks out pretty early so it's like i don't want to watch it by myself but i was like okay this might be a fun way to do it like doing it over zoom or something so uh i'll try to keep people in the loop on that but i think that'd be a fun way to get to watch things yeah uh i guess any final thoughts on no i'm i'm excited rooting for in order i would say uh promising young woman minari and nomadland everything else is cake um i'm just excited to see what happens again it's uh just exciting that people are gonna see these uh search out these great movies now. all right awesome well uh if you've gotten this far thank you for listening please remember to rate review and subscribe uh we've been a, a little dark just for uh, other career related reasons but we are gearing up to start releasing episodes hopefully within the next uh month or so but we also will probably have some of these shorter uh like commentary tracks on the state of the race as the the sags mm-hmm. and the, the wjs and the various other awards happen so uh stay for sure we'll, we'll be back in time for you guys to complain and argue with our takes some more sooner than you think all right